Baby. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Banking sector is collapsing, as we've been discussing since Joe Biden was in his basement. This is the part I'm going to help you with. This is not your fault. If you're listening to this station, you've been listening for years. As we predicted to all of the pseudo-intellectual morons that you work with, all of the wannabe gangster Democrats and all of the never-Trumper pseudo-intellectual frauds. You see them. I know I'm not the only one that sees them. This is for us to rejoice in. This is where I'm going to show you how to embrace the suck that is the Joe Biden administration, that is the Chicago administration, Illinois, and everywhere else there's a Democrat that rules. You didn't do this. So don't you hang your head down and don't worry because we are the ones that make this world go around. So as you hear the news that is undeniable, completely undeniable about the banking sector, I want you to understand this is not your fault. This is the inevitable result of what happens from allowing a mafia member for five decades, a failure and a fraud by the name of Joe Robinette Biden, who doesn't know if it's Tuesday or fracking July. To be in charge of anything. The only man in this country's history who could not get a job in any of the companies in the country as he pretends to be president. Well, let's get you up to speed on the biggest movers of the day, and that's regional banks. Fear in the sector is not going away as shares of PacWest, also Western Alliance, tumble. You're looking at losses of 25% for PacWest, Western Alliance, off just about 16% of this drop. Now, if you haven't heard of these banks, there's no reason you would have. These are commercial banks. These are commercial lenders. These are banks that have made money for decades, decades and decades. These are banks that are suffering under the corruption and incompetence of Democrats. So when you see those Democrats at work and they walk around with a chip on their shoulder, the reality is they're mad at you and they don't know how to express it because you were right. You and me and everyone who has an IQ over 60 and knew what would happen if Joe Robinette Dimwood in diapers was allowed to usurp the most important office in the world. All of it is failure. So these guys that now have to live with the fact they contributed to this because they didn't speak up against it or they supported it or they hated Donald Trump so much they were willing to put this crook in office or sit idly by while it happened. So do me a favor and do not let their incompetence, their corruption, and their slothfulness Bring you down. Take solace in this. We knew what would happen if Joseph Robinette Biden was allowed to usurp the most powerful office in the world. Coming the day after J.P. Morgan Chase did reach a deal to buy First Republic Bank's assets in an attempt to restore stability in the banking system. But investors do not seem convinced. We can take a look at the action today. Kiko, I th- now layoffs across the board. From the quasi-government entities like General Motors to Ford to all the rest of it. The only people that are working in government are people that are funded by the spending, which is why they have to continue to massively increase the spending. And then don't forget, lie to you. 
by affirmative action dimwits. Real wages are higher than any any uh, uh, than they Careful. were in just nine months ago. Than they just were nine months ago. Why don't we go back to before this imbecile stole the office? Can we go back? Oh, we can't. Why? Oh, because we're maxed out on everything. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise today to underscore the pressing need to protect the full faith and credit of the United... By the way, if you can't tell by that slothful jaw and that ridiculous cadence, this is a Democrat, Congress birthing person by the name of McCelia. ...states and cleanly raised the debt ceiling. The debt default would be catastrophic for my constituents in Virginia's 4th District and for Americans across the nation. It would jeopardize Social Security payments for 98,000 families in my district and disrupt over $160 million a month in Social Security income. So this is how they're going to get you on Social Security. But there's a crucial lesson here. This is how you understand why this House of Cards is tumbling down. Social Security is a different form of a welfare distribution. Yeah, you pay into it, but that's just a tax on you and your employer. There is no fund. And then they owe you the money, and they hope they never have to pay you. But how many people realize that now they're taxing this welfare? Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Mr. Houston, uh, a growing issue for seniors is the taxation of Social Security benefits, particularly after the past two cost of living adjustments, or COLAs, which caused many seniors to pay taxes on their benefits for the first time. So I want you, you you hear me say that the snake eats its tail. The reason you're up against the debt limit is because our economy has been running on a welfare wash system. They call it Keynesianism, but it's a bastardized version. So now you're taxing government welfare, and the government is trying to pretend it's revenue. It isn't. It's why the debt is on a runaway train. And now what they're going to do is rally the stupid people. Yes, you are. You're crooks and you're stupid. If you want this government to continue to bankrupt generations yet unborn, I know you don't care about them anyway. You're interested in killing them. But there is a broader point. This is why stupid people like Congresswoman McSilia is somebody you never heard of, but somebody who's going to put the nail in the coffin that is the American economy. Not to mention its detrimental impacts on mortgage payments, student loans. Detrimental. I don't know what the hell word you said. Detrimental, dimwit. Loans, car loans, and more. Yet congressional Republicans are holding the American economy hostage. The Republicans are not holding it hostage. The Democrats have bankrupted the unbankruptable economy. You have maxed out and have eroded the quality of life so much so you have to lie about the numbers. You have to lie and you have to cheat and you have to steal. And in the meantime, you're getting your big guns out, not just some nameless birthing person Democrat congresswoman. For months, the House Republicans need to produce their plan. They did. You said they didn't think they had the votes. They had the votes. You probably don't have 60 votes to, uh, for a clean debt ceiling increase. So isn't it incumbent upon you and the White House to negotiate a deal with spending cuts to raise the debt ceiling? These co- now, when you hear this voice, aside from being the gargoyle Chuck Schumer, this is the highest ranking senator in the Democrat Party. This is the guy in charge of the Senate. This is the guy that's jamming up the bills that the new Congress passed. This is the obstructionist, and he's going to blame you. 
Cuts, as we have pointed out, as our hearings will, are so draconian. The American people don't want them, and we cannot. These are not even cuts. And this is not a plan. This is a hard, this is a hard right-wing wish list that everyone knows has no chance of passing and puts the American people in, in McCarthy's giving two choices, given his hard right and how he's caved into them. Either a plan that defaults on the debt or a plan that defaults on American families. Now, in this talk of default, as we played the clip yesterday, there's no talk of finding money that has vanished. And I don't just mean from housing and urban development. You've been stealing from that golden goose of corruption for decades. I'm talking about all over foreign policy. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was Oh, oh wait, I, I didn't mean to play that. I meant to play the other one. But that'll help you find it if you could find the breadcrumbs. Follow the breadcrumb squirrel. Mr. Comptroller General, what is the total amount of improper payments that GAO estimates were made last year across the federal government? Last year across the federal government, the cumulative total of the estimates made by the agencies was $247 billion. Hmm. Now, I don't believe, Mr. Chairman, I might add, if I might, the, that estimate's not complete. There are a number of programs that were not, estimates were not made, like the Pandemic Unemployment Insurance Program. Since 2003, these estimates have totaled uh, $2.3 trillion. Well, there you go. That'll get us off the debt ceiling if you just looked for it or maybe audited these bureaucracies of corruption instead of redline based budgeting where you're increasing them year over year over year. And now you're blaming Republicans that want to cut this ridiculousness? And you're saying it's right wing? What is the opposite of that then? Just this continued bankruptcy scheme? It does explain why you want to tax your own welfare and pretend you're winning, right? Uh, I have one of the most elderly districts, if not the most elderly district in the country. Um, so obviously this is a big issue to, to the constituents in my district. Can you provide us some background on this policy when it was established, how many beneficiaries did it affect then, and how many does it affect now? Right, thank you. The provision to tax a portion of Social Security benefits was one of the recommendations made by the Greenspan Commission and was then included in the 1983 Social Security Amendments. At the time, the Greenspan Commission estimated that about 10% of beneficiaries would be affected by it. And as you know, as wages increase over time, as COLAs are applied to benefits and made payable, Social Security benefits generally increase. So since the thresholds for someone to be subject to taxation of benefits are fixed in statute, as benefits increase, more and more people then become subject to that tax. So there is no Social Security. Not the way they want you to believe it. It's a trick. It's a financial scheme. And it will only exist if these scoundrels are allowed to continue to perpetrate it at the cost of your great, 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 great grandkids that you've never met. This is why other countries are de-dollarizing. And they should. Now, if you want to change this, it's simple. You give them zero. My offer to you is this. Nothing. It happens all the time. Just to, to arbitrarily take 80 days and say, I'm not going to do anything with the, with the debt limit. I, I, there's polls that say the American people want the president to negotiate at this point. And, and, and I don't, you're hoping, and I, I know you think that the Republicans are going to be blamed, and that's sort of the, I guess that's sort of the game plan, but I don't think you can guarantee that because there's a bill out there now, and if the president doesn't negotiate now, 
the White House is going to have some of the default on its hands uh, as well, the blame. By the way, that's a CNBC economic propagandist who has completely turned. Just like those pseudo-intellectual people you work with who look down at you because you supported Donald Trump, who delivered an economy 180 degrees away from the corruption and failure you're feeling today. However, let's see who surrounds. Dimwood in diapers. Here is his economic advisor, Boucher. But the most important thing, I'm an economist who works here at the White House. We get up here, we get up every day making sure that this economy is delivering for working people all across the country. You're imagining it. You're doing better than ever before. Just believe the lying Democrats who have done nothing but destroy every municipality, every county, every city, every state. They've been put in positions of power. This is the cost of allowing the usurper in diapers to play president. 312-642-5600. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Now you remember Deb Holland. Deb Holland is the uh, in American Indian Democrat who was appointed to a position she's not qualified to be in. She's the Secretary of the Interior. It's actually an important position. Leads to a lot of the underpinnings of our economy. She has no idea what she's doing. This was exposed today by Josh Hawley. Jobs for blue-collar workers in this nation are valuable resources. The livelihood and well-being of American families are valuable resources. The ability of America to have our own industry and not be dependent on China is a valuable resource. Why should those things for millions of Americans be sacrificed in, in favor of your agenda for radical climate change? Senator, I, I know that uh, there's like 1.9 jobs for every American in the country right now. So Don't get aggravated. She's an American Indian. She's a woman. Don't expect a lot. Don't get aggravated. 1.9 jobs for every American. Where did you get that calculation? What comic book did this moron read? Well, I know there's a lot of jobs. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're telling me... <laughs> You're telling it's me funny. we've got too many jobs in the country? Well, I'm saying that we don't have enough people. That's why we are um, having a hard time finding folks to work at our department. But oh. I- Do you, un- you understand how stupid she is? This explains so much of their policy. They're idiots. And that's when they are qualified because she is a woman and an American Indian. She's in charge of the Interior Department, which is in charge of underpinnings in our economy, the likes of which of mining looking for fossil fuels and all the rest of it. She's going to explain herself. Just be patient and remember, don't get mad. She's an American Indian and a woman. Wait, you're telling me that we have too many jobs for blue-collar work? Have, have you seen the number of jobs we have lost in this country to China in the last 20 years? Do you know where those jobs come from? Over 3 million jobs have gone to China. Do you know where those jobs have come from? They've come out of Midwestern towns like the ones I represent. They are blue-collar workers, and you're sitting here and telling me that we have too many jobs in this country? Are you serious? Senator, we are working hard every single day there. Did you hear that before? They're working hard on the debt ceiling. 
They're working hard on immigration. Well, your work sucks, honey. It sucks. You're not working hard. You're certainly not working efficiently. You sound like you're lying. You sound like you're making excuses. Or maybe this is what's to be expected. You're a Democrat. Are we, we have processed 20... Squirrel, were you able to find the policy that works? Democrat policy? Were you able to find anything historically? All the way back to when Democrats could actually speak in sentences. Were you able to find anything that worked? No? All right. Just hang in there. Mining applications, 20 mines or mining modification permits since January of 2021. We are moving forward. We're doing our jobs. We're fulfilling our mission. For You're the- not moving forward. You're moving backward. You're shutting down and denying permits for mines in this country where we can develop our own resources. You're shutting down oil and natural gassing permits. You're, you're approving taxes and royalties that deliberately suppress American energy development in favor of a climate change agenda. And now you're sitting here and telling me we've got too many jobs in this country. We've got gobs of jobs in this country. We don't need any more jobs in this country. She obviously doesn't subscribe to the Wall Street Journal, which wants to tell you that we have massive layoffs. And when the job market starts to really kick in, when these banks... The inevitable happens and they collapse more and more and more. I think it's clear that investors are trying to figure out who could potentially be next. And this comes, remember, just a day after we heard from a number of bank CEOs, including the CEO of City, Jane Freezer, right here. On- Wait, I, I, I remember another woman, although she looks like a man. She has very big hands. She could slay an entire bottle of Viagra. I remember her telling me just about six weeks ago. I can reassure the members of the committee that our banking system is sound. And that it- what happened to all the smart guys? All the smart never Trumpers. You guys said it was going to be OK. You said this dimwit in diapers. He was just a Democrat. What happened now? And you have the audacity to look with your pseudo intellectual face down at the people who knew right from wrong. Sit in a corner with the rest of the idiots that vote Democrat. Jimmy. Northport, Florida. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I agree with you across the board. Just a real, real quick comment. I may humbly submit it to you. Instead of referring to President Biden, if you want to, if we want to call him it, by title, by title alone, why don't you change the vernacular instead of the dimwit in diapers to the nitwit, the nitwit in diapers? I like it. Because... Because he doesn't answer one question correctly that I've seen, even in his heyday in his, as a senator. Not Jimmy, now, you, didn't, you don't sound like you grew up in Northport, Florida. Where are you from? You know, you know, Franklin Park. <laughs> I, I know the whole... All right. I, well, I, I, I like to do... neighborhood. Listen, I, know I like the whole to neighborhood. Do... I spec, I spec. I know the whole neighborhood. Murderers row on 23rd Avenue. I know the whole thing. But Allegedly. Uh, I would have anyway, felt better if you, you said know. allegedly. I would have felt better. So listen, here's the deal. The first time well, well, you know. I've never heard from you before. You get a shirt. In the meantime, I like to do words with the same thing. Same letter, same thing. And you know, that's why Italians, we all name our kids with the same first letter. You know how it is. Uh, Cream Puff Jim, defend this kind of corruption and incompetence there, chubby. Well, if I was in the house, if I was in the house, and this is my probably the last time I'll have the house in many, many moons, the budget go nihilistic and just crash the economy. That's probably their best yeah. bet to crash. If the you were economy. in the house, you'd give your vote to another Democrat because you'd be feasting on that all-you-can-eat buffet. You'd be squandering the forty thousand a year for furniture and the new expense fee of thirty-six thousand. They gave themselves another expense fee. You'd be living it up. Although you still are living it up. It's only the second. I'm sure you're reeling in your steak shake coma thank you for calling the show arrogant you're living in the sewer of corruption surrounded by failure still a proud democrat that's why the only hope as far as i'm concerned is to go get the money you've already stolen 
with your cohorts of corruption. President Zelensky is under fire for corruption. A new report says he embezzled the aid money. It was never saw that coming. You mean to tell me the president of the most corrupt country in Europe, his entire cabinet stealing billions and billions of dollars. You mean to tell me even this two bit actor, this guy stole the money, never saw it coming. Huh? Yeah, sure you didn't. You must be a Democrat. 312-642-5600. Ta-da! He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I Nice poll. I'll give me one particular email. She said, you got the red money yet? This is the part. I said, no. Where you cannot hang your head. You cannot be subjected to this. You did not participate in this failure. This failure is the result of the Democrats. So I've got something good for you. This is in a Chicago neighborhood. Chicago. I don't know who the man is. It was sent to me by a beautiful relative I have. And I'm not going to say the neighborhood. The ring doorbell system. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. And you should be if you're not. They have a fantastic security system. It's one of the security systems I have on my stuff. And what's nice about it is you get these neighborhood alerts, and they tell you kind of the things that go on in the neighborhood and whatnot. So he found this, and he sent it to me. I don't know where in Chicago this is, but I guarantee you this is one of my listeners. Hello, who is this? My name is Richard Lee, and I'm running for city council, so I just wanted to introduce myself. Excuse me? My name is Richard Lee, and I'm running for city council. I just want to say hello. Are you a Democrat? Yeah. Then leave. Yeah. Thank you. That's how you live in Chicago. Ta-da. If you're not in the mafia. That's how you live. You hold your head up high. You're the scoundrels. The crooks. The half-assed wannabe gangster with your butter-soft hands. You're the problem with this once great city. This once great county that's now a joke. Led by Grady. Also known as Preckwinkle. And now, the portly necklace little teapot some call governor jim and lyle hey sean i have a sort of a philosophical question but i want to tell you what led up to it today so i'm in a regular group chat with some high school friends from my holy cross days and we're kicking it around who's going to tennessee or who wants to move to florida but who can't because of the family connection so my question to you is if you're a little older, like you're my age, and have a two-year-old granddaughter and another one on the way, and your wife absolutely refuses to leave because of family reasons, yeah. what would you have done? First of all, what makes you think I wasn't in that situation minus the grandkids? But here's what you do. And this is why I bring on David Hochberg and I try to give advice that I implement. And I listen to me, brother. You have I have three fracking jobs and another business i understand the stress and i understand how hopeless you feel but you're not perspective is everything so you have an obligation now if if you can't leave for love and affection i've got friends in the studio my my boss i I, got wonderful people relatives brother-in-laws that doesn't mean you have to condemn generations what little equity you have in that house you can put on a real estate spread and believe me you need to jim because the reality is oh, the, the, I know. 
the cost I of want corruption. out so bad, Sean. I'm just as contemptuous of this state as you are. I Probably you more are. so. We all are, but because we're who makes the world go around, and we're the ones that get robbed and raped and pillaged and extorted. Absolutely. Well, yeah. what about my wife? What about the, it's never going to happen. She's not even open to it. So now, wait a minute. Let me uh, let me ask you this. You're uh, you're you're a grandfather. You're about to be a grandfather. Yeah, I'm assuming the wife is around your age. She's five years younger than me. All right. Do you really think she wants to hit the divorce circuit? You really think she wants to go out on Friday night? Hi, my name is Sheila. I'm newly divorced. I got grandkid on the way. She don't want to do that. So you never forget. You're the man. You pull up the trousers and you hit the road. And if she wants to hit the divorce circuit, you call her bluff and you let her know. You'll get picked up on Friday, but few call grandmothers back on Saturday. And you throw the you throw the encumbrance on her. What do you think of that? Well, it really was a, le- a legitimate question, but I, I, I'll settle for that. <laughs> All right. In the meantime, take your equity, whatever sh- little money you put away, big money, whatever money you put away, and go buy anything in a good-run state because you owe it to yourself to at least have a place your kids and your grandkids can go. That's what you do. No. And even if you can't do it, even if you got to work, you do it so those kids can say, my grandfather, look what he did. You know, I, I, I used to go to work like that every day. I used to think, man, my, I was older when I had my kids. They're never going to my grandkids. I don't know if I'll be around. But at least they'll say, look at what this jerk did. He did everything he said he was going to do. He went broke and he built it up. Don't be afraid of going broke because this is the only country in the world you can do it again. And here's the other thing. You're right. The country's I love broke. you, Sean. You're absolutely right. All right. I love you right back. Thank you, Jim. Stephen, Arlington Heights. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. So, um, first of all, thank you for, you know, telling us about the issues that matter, like Zelensky embezzling funds and elections being stolen as opposed to balloons flying up in the sky. Um, <laughs> Tucker is the only other guy who would have said something like that, and obviously he's not with Fox anymore because Murdoch's part of the deep state, and if anyone doubts that, they haven't been paying attention. There but is an article best- out today. It's funny you say this. That Rupert Murdoch and his kid, who looks like he, Rupert Murdoch might have been married to his cousin at one point. I can't count the five wives. <laughs> However, the kid and, and, and Rupert, they know Zelensky. Oh, they were talking I, to him and whatnot. Did I, you see that? I did see that. I yes. saw it and I sent it to a couple of my friends who are in the know. Anyways, so I, obviously, and this is not meant to slight you or your network, but you guys don't have the platform. And now Tucker has effectively been deplatformed. So guys like you and Tucker, who, yes, I put in the same sentence, and you might shy away from that, but how do you guys who actually know what's going on, not the mainstream talking points, trans this, you know, Hunter Biden, I don't care. They're stealing our elections. They're blowing up our food processing plants. How do you get that message out with a you, limited you never deviate. You never deviate no from it. You never deviate from it. You're not afraid to. And here's the other thing. This company is out on the limb. They've got Salem now. They've got hosts like me. I'm one in, 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 a, in a phenomenal company. I'm telling you, take a look at some of this stuff. And Salem now will sure. grow. But here's the other thing. Don't be afraid to speak the truth. And always remember, there's only a third that ever did anything in humanity. That's it. Two-thirds right. are virtually but useless. One-third just goes shot. along to get along, and the other third are scoundrels and roaches. Right. Unfortunately, but, that's who's in power right now, Stephen. But, but I didn't mean to hang up on you. Debbie, I love when the ladies. Yes. Yes. Uh, Speaking of roaches, uh, did you see the roach that uh, crossed the red carpet along uh, at the Met Gala in um, New York City? Oh, boy. Last night? That could be thousands. I mean, you got to be thousands. Okay. I mean, are you kidding me? Go ahead. Okay. What I'd like to say is uh, 
you know, we're being set up to fail by these phonies who we're supposed to look up and admire. I listened very closely when Anna Wintour was being interviewed by Gail King this morning. And she specifically said that she wore a Chanel uh, suit to the state dinner of President uh, <laughs> Macroni. Yeah. So yeah, you, how these are our suits? enemies. I agree, Debbie, and they're laughing at us right now. And you made my day because you're aware of it. Success in the definition of you, me, and these scoundrels is different. The failure is their goal, and that's what we need to know. And it's our fault, Debbie. It's our fault because in a republic, we, we made don't, them who we they don't are. Elect. Right. And here's the other we thing. Bought we bought their we, magazines, we, their clothes. And we allow the verbiage to change the intent. See, in a republic, you don't elect leaders. You elect followers. You're the leader in a republic. But then again, if you were, you'd want to know why all these trillions of dollars is missing. And you would demand an audit, not on your neighbor, not on your company, but you would demand an audit on the government that never is subjected to one. 312-642-5600. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting, sexist pig, and an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. Yeah, another one. How many missiles are we going to take to blow that one up? Hobby Lobby, kids with club feet and whatnot. In the meantime, I was just informed by another beautiful relative of mine that what Debbie was talking about was an actual cockroach. You know, when I hear cockroach, right away my brain goes to... It's in a very, very severe way. Of course, everyone thinks of Chuck Schumer or some other notable Democrat uh, like this guy. Hey, Judge, how are you? I don't know why you wanted the job, man. I appoint all those federal judges, but, you know, thank you for serving. I'm not kidding. You want to come and make a speech? Hush up, boy. You imagine that? I wish the old man was alive. He didn't take kindly to that kind of stuff. You got to get ears slapped until your dentures and your rebands fall off. Jim in Campton Hills. Hey, hi, Sean. How you doing? Splendid. How are you? Good. Hey, you know, I, I think we know where this ends with this mortgage issue with the, the Fannie Mae, Fannie Mac people mm-hmm. giving better credit, uh, better better rates to lower credit scores and vice versa. So what's that going to do to the housing market in places that I want to be in, like uh, Naples and Fort Myers Beach and Bonita Springs, all those places? So Florida is by county. So counties are different. And county, you know, there's neighborhoods and there's nuances to it. Yeah. The, you got to remember in, in, in some of the counties, like in Collier County, 80% of the real estate has no debt. So when debt fluctuates and the homes don't have debt, those homes have a certain price stability and they will, they are more resilient. That is exactly the opposite when you go to like Illinois, where 80% of the homes have debt, if not more. So those sure. are the homes that will get dragged down. And look, I mean, you could have in, in good neighborhoods, in River Forest, in, in Winnetka, you could have foreclosures happen. And you probably will, because who's losing money now are the white shirts. The white shirts are losing money. They're getting their ass handed to them. Now, they'll extend more credit 
because they buy into this fake it till you make it. And it's a, it's a real tenuous situation. So ironically, bad, bad areas will get worse. Democrat areas will get worse. Good areas will stable. You might get a 5%, but then when the flood happens, it'll go up faster. You always want your money in valuable areas. People make a mistake, and I see it all the time. You know how many guys own real estate in Florida and good areas, and then they live in Illinois, and they'll sell their... I made, I made X amount of dollars. They don't understand. Home prices in good areas, the prices aren't high. They're merely keeping up with inflation. It's just that your yeah. mind doesn't see it that way. When you realize that this government has printed up 60% of the money in the last three years, 60% of the money in circulation, we printed in three years. So when you see high prices in good areas, it's not because they're expensive. They're simply keeping up with inflation. You are stagnating or going down in, in Democrat sewers, and your taxes pay for corruption costs, not home value. So well, it's foolish to wait for rates to come down again, or will they? It would be you, you manipulate the buy. Buy now and refinance when they go down again. Because you keep waiting and the enemy, you know, time is the enemy of all men. How do you know what next year is going to be like for Jim? What if, sure. God forbid, something happens to you? You say, I damn it, I should have done it. Should have, could have, would have. Gotcha, yeah. John. Thank you, man. The winning sure. circles for winners. Get up, walk yeah. into the circle. Thank you, babe. George Naperville. Sean, I'd like to ask you, do you have any good news? Yes. Everything we predicted is happening. This is the good news. Everything we predicted is happening. Not only that, we've been vindicated to all the pseudo-intellectual frauds that are in your office that walked around. That Trump is vulgar. Now wear it. Hey, dummy, wear it. How you doing? How you doing? How's your brother doing? How's your mother doing? How you doing? You like it or are you thirsty for more? Until they realize... Democrat isn't a political party. It's an organized syndicate of crime and corruption. We're not going to fix things. Until you understand, when they talk like fascists, call them that. The first you had indicated earlier that the president um, is prepared to talk about the budget appropriations process and that he'd be happy to meet with uh, Speaker McCarthy, but not on whether the debt limit is raised. It, as now I know the reason Joe Biden doesn't want to meet with anybody is because he will reveal himself to be incompetent and suffering from dementia. That's why he's being protected by this mafia. But the reality is, he doesn't have a choice. You work for me. The Congress is more important than this dimwit in the system of America. But now we've been ripped away from the moorings of a republic. And you're in this Kantian soiree of the Fourth Reich. It's time that Kevin McCarthy and other congressmen start to guard their power jealously. And start to stand up for their constituents. You don't have an option, dummy. Get down here right now. And how about this? We're not going to lift anything. And all your phony bills you passed in the dark of night with your lame duck Congress, they don't exist anymore. All of it. Your green energy boondoggles, your idiots that you put in positions of power. On the subject of these sweeping mandates related to electric vehicles that the Biden administration has imposed, including now for our military, the metals needed to make the lithium-ion batteries in those vehicles are, of course, lithium, nickel, graphite, and cobalt. Now, can you tell me what nation is the largest producer of refined lithium in the world? No, I can't. It's China. Can you tell me which nation is the largest producer? How could you not? You're the Secretary of the Interior. You're an American Indian. You're a woman. Why don't you dance for the answers? 312-642-5600. 
This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy, because it feels so Dr. Murray Sabrin is not only an Emirates professor, the author from Immigrant to Public Intellectual. He's also a friend of mine. I regard his opinion highly. He has a very important one. As we now are in this world of confusion and upside down where an 80-year-old person clearly suffering from dementia is not only riddled in scandal, but has announced he will run for president. Dr. Murray Sabrin. Please tell me that this will not happen. Well, thank you, Sean, for uh, having me on again. Yeah, I think uh, Joe Biden's days are numbered as the nominee. I think what's going to happen, uh, the uh, Democratic insiders have to be worried about the scandal that's in, uh, in engulfing the uh, Biden family with Hunter, uh, Hunter Biden and his laptop and all the uh, co- uh, crony deals that he had overseas and uh, how uh, Lincoln and the CIA, a uh, former CIA officials uh, interfered with the 2020 election, basically lying about um, the Hunter laptop. And it's amazing that people can make a statement without it knowing the facts, claiming that this was Russian disinformation. Having said that, I think that uh, the insiders will go to Joe Biden uh, next summer, right before the Democratic Convention in Chicago, and say, uh, thanks, Joe, for your service, but it's time to move on. And they'll get the insiders will get together and they'll pick Gavin Newsom uh, as the nominee uh, for two reasons. One, uh, they think he'll be attractive uh, to a lot of suburbanites because um, he's a good-looking guy, let's face it, and uh, a lot of people vote based upon appearances and not on policy. And that means that Kamala Harris can't be on the ticket because you cannot have a president and vice president in the same state, according to the Constitution. So the insiders knock off two birds with one stone, uh, thanking Joe for his service so he can retire to Delaware or maybe uh, find a place somewhere in a federal penitentiary for all the uh, shenanigans he's done in the past. And Kamala Harris will uh, leave the scene and go back to California and do whatever she does best, which is basically uh, be an inarticulate uh, spokesperson. It's a family for, uh, show family. now, Dr. Sabrin. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Uh, but one thing I, I, I like about this is that it, it does give a ray of hope that what we're living through is this culture of corruption where it's really not as acceptable as we're being led to believe. This is the thing that uh, I find hardest to take, is that everybody knows we have the prima facie evidence. We've had it. And here we have this corrupt oligarch wannabe, this asset of enemies foreign and domestic pretending to be president. So this is good news. But you have been around this world for decades. And what has changed in the American sector, the American public, where we didn't tolerate this kind of corruption from Nixon? We didn't tolerate it, arguably, from George Bush Sr. We didn't tolerate it from from uh, uh, Bill Clinton. Why have we become so assimilated? To corruption in politics? That is a great question because you would think that the American people would want uh, 
someone who's in high political office, whether it's a president, a governor, a senator, a member of the uh, House, um, to be of high moral character. And that has been eroded over the decades. And it's a slow process where people say it's no big deal. Clinton lying to a grand jury became no big deal, even though it was about a private affair in, in the White House. But the point is, if you don't have integrity in life, your soul is diminished. Your, your, the perception that people have about you is diminished. But unfortunately, when it comes to politicians, I think the, the public takes the attitude, well, everyone does it, so what's the big deal? And therefore, let's move on uh, to the next election. And this is a sad commentary on the American people, because if they don't uh, have high standards for the people who are in power, then what's going to happen is that the people in power will take advantage of that and and pass all sorts of legislation and executive orders that will diminish the public's liberty and and um, civil liberties and property rights and all the things that we're supposed to have as Americans. You hear me play the clips of the Congress that it has experts on to testify. We have Dodario, Dodaro, who testifies that the government has lost. trillion in just one aspect of spending. We are butted up against the debt ceiling, and the people are nervous. And this whole system is really held together by confidence. Confidence in the Mm -hmm. banking, confidence in the government. I have never, I'm 55, I've never seen a time where, where the ordinary man, the ordinary American, has less confidence in the government. Do we have enough evidence, enough disgust, to change things in a hurry, in your opinion? Well, I don't think it's going to be in a hurry unless you have some sort of catastrophe, financial or otherwise, that would uh, wake up the American people. And uh, again, I don't see that on the horizon. What I think is going to happen, and I've said this publicly uh, on radio and in uh, talks that I've given, is that I think we're headed for a major financial crisis at the end of this decade, just as we had a major financial crisis at the end of the uh, 1920s. So from what I'm seeing, having taught financial history in the United States, the 1920s and the, or I should say the 2020s and the 1920s are eerily similar in yes. terms of um, in terms of the way the stock market has been behaving, the way the Federal Reserve has uh, conducted a policy, and uh, and the worst thing in this decade is that we're now in a proxy war with Russia. When in the 1920s it was after World War One, so people were were tired of war and didn't want any more U.S. In, uh, involvement overseas. Unfortunately, that was uh, nipped in the bud and. On, uh, in 1941 when we were attacked at Pearl Harbor. But uh, I'm going to write an article about this on my Substack column very soon that uh, it, I'm having like deja vu all over again, as Yogi mm-hmm. Berra would have said, that uh, <laughs> we are seeing the economy unfold uh, just as it did. Remember, 1920-21, we had a pandemic. We had the Spanish flu. Now we had mm-hmm. COVID. And so th- between those two similarities and Fed policy, uh, all the things are falling into place for a major financial crisis at the end of this decade. The proxy war is like nothing I thought could ever happen again, because yep. in the year 2023, we have the instant communication that didn't exist in 1923. Yet in America today, we have censorship that has become the norm. And I have yet to hear even Republicans call for diplomacy. You have a handful yes. of Congress people who are saying, let's stop funding the most corrupt country in Europe. But you don't have anybody really calling for diplomacy. We have hot spots all over the world. Does this help a corrupt administration? And is that why they're stoking the flames of war, in your opinion? Yeah, 
diplomacy should be the foremost method to uh, to uh, resolve disputes around the world. We didn't do the diplomacy in Vietnam. Look what that got us. We didn't do the diplomacy in the Mideast. Look what that got us with uh, two wars in the Mideast. And so diplomacy has to be the means where people get together and say, what are, what are the bottom lines for your uh, grievances that you want to resolve without going to military uh, a conflict? And um, unfortunately for the United States, which has been... Uh, according to some people, and I would agree with that, the biggest bully in the post-war period, because we have troops all over the world. We have troops and bases surrounding China. We have troops and bases surrounding Russia. Don't you think Putin and Xi in China are concerned about a possible U.S. Uh, attack on them because there are so many bases? Uh, there are no bases in Cuba anymore. Uh, that ended 60 years ago. Uh, there are no bases in South America uh, or Mexico or Canada uh, threatening the United States. So if you're a leader of a foreign country and you see American bases surrounding your perimeter, you're going to get very nervous about it. And um, uh, and now that uh, the United States is sending uh, n- nuclear weapons to uh, uh, South Korea, in other words, it would be an t- American task force in South Korea, that's making North Korea very nervous. So you yes. can see that the United States is instigating a lot of angst around the world because of its uh, foreign policy. But this section of our news takes away from something you sent me that I appreciate all the time, how you send me my, my emails. I love the fact that you do that. But this is something that I think deserves comment, and I have yet to hear anybody talk about it. It turns out that bankruptcy filings in March alone among commercial filings are up 79 mm-hmm, percent mm-hmm. and this is an article that you found this isn't leading financial news on fox on cnbc on msnbc and the reason in, in my opinion is because they have so many other failures failures to hide behind and at a certain point when the american people realize well if commercial bankruptcies are are up the next thing to drop the next shoe is unemployment right Yep, absolutely. In fact, um, commercial real estate is in deep trouble because people don't want to go back to the office and the employers are basically saying, hey, we need to keep our business going. So if you don't want to go back to the office, it's okay with us because we need your productivity in order to maintain our business. So I just read that uh, a building just sold, I forgot what city, for like $9 million when it was bought for $34 million a few years ago. So we're seeing a major deflation in in commercial real estate. And Charlie Munger, who is the vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, 99 years old, who's been around a long time, he thinks commercial real estate is going to have a real tough trouble over the next several years. And this is what happens when you have overexpansion, a COVID crisis and uh, lockdowns. You, you, you disturb the economy. You don't allow the free market to operate. And now you have, uh, you're going to have vacant uh, uh, office buildings, vacant um, uh, shopping centers. And uh, this is going to cause a major problem for that sector. And now we're seeing the banks in trouble. The regional banks today had a huge decline. Yes. The banks were down 20, 30% today. So there's something going on in the banking sector that may trigger another crisis. And tomorrow the Fed is going to announce what its interest rate policy will be uh, for the next six weeks, because they meet every six weeks. And uh, the Fed is between the proverbial rock and a hard place. You have an economy that is starting to unwind uh, and and, uh, softening considerably. And then you have inflation still is a problem. So we have the worst of both worlds. We have stagnation and inflation or stagflation. And so uh, this doesn't end well because... um, 
they've they're the ones that are responsible for it. it uh, the business cycle is not something that is inherent in the marketplace. It's caused by the Federal Reserve's of printing money and dropping interest rates below market levels. Now, the silver lining, from what I can see, from my standpoint, is the fact that the Congress does have control, regardless of what these Marxist mafia members who surround the, 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 the fraud Joe Biden have to say about it. Congress spends the money. They could right. take a hard-line stance, and I believe the fate of the country is on the line. And I'm wondering if you think they have the will, and if the American people have the will, to have this Congress do its job and refuse to increase the, the, the debt limit and demand that this rogue government get these bureaucracies of corruption and misappropriation in line. Do you think there's an opportunity, and what do you think will happen? No, I think there are too many special interests. I, I, we just read the other day that uh, uh, Speaker McCarthy was told by Midwestern uh, congressmen, don't take out any um, ethanol subsidies in the uh, uh, debt ceiling bill, otherwise we'll vote against it. So he came in and, and left in. So th- this is the problem we have. This is what the founders uh, uh, warned us about, factions and special interests, because once you have a special interest that wants to use the government, to obtain benefits that they cannot get in the free market, then then spending keeps on increasing, increasing and increasing. And we have a, a tribal society where people line up to their with their tribe, their special interest, to try to get uh, money out of the federal government, which, of course, the federal government doesn't have any money unless it, uh, unless it uh, taxes or borrows yeah. the money. And so you have an intractable problem because of decades and decades and decades of building up this welfare warfare state that we have. I have some good news for the people of Illinois. It turns out that today, Commonwealth Edison, ComEd, is found guilty. Four of their employees are found guilty of attempted bribery of a very short-in-the-pants guy by the name of Mike Madigan and his Democrat cabal. Now, here's the thing I have for you. Can a corporation have individuals found guilty and not have the corporation itself found guilty? How does that work? Because the, the employees, they didn't bribe the, the Illinois Democrats for themselves. They bribed, the, they bribed them on behalf of their company. So why isn't the company, and is there a case for the people of Illinois to make the company be held liable and not only pay some $5 fine per customer, but to break up the monopoly Commonwealth Edison has with the Democrat mafia in Illinois, in your opinion? Yeah, th- th- this is another example of how uh, people in uh, in uh, corporations do make egregious decisions, uh, unethical, uh, sometimes uh, illegal decisions. And the question is, who should be accountable for it? Well, as a publicly held, as a public company, the shareholders shouldn't be punished for the egregious behavior of the uh, executives or lower level uh, uh, executives in a company. And so this becomes a tricky issue. Uh, I mean, I wish I had more more insight into uh, the statutes in in, uh, in Illinois I, regarding that. Yeah, I'm going on what happened with Fox News and Dominion. They didn't sue the hosts. Yes. They sued Fox News. Here we are in Illinois. We know this syndicate and how it operates, and they give us four pigeons to say, oh, here they are, they're bad. And in the meantime, the monopoly and the oligarchy goes on. And that explains so much of corporatism, does it not, Dr. Murray Sabrin? Oh, absolutely. This is the problem with monopolies. I mean, utilities can be... Uh 
you could have more than one uh, or two or three utilities in, a, in an area. We, we have cell service. We have di- different cell service companies. We have uh, different um, tele- uh, other co- types of companies. Uh, utilities were granted monopoly status by the government. It wasn't didn't come about naturally because of the free market. And that's that's the definition, the historic definition of, of monopoly is a grant by the state for uh, exclusivity in a specific geographic area. So monopolies are not free market institutions. They're right. government created institutions. So we have to do a deep dive in this. I mean, look what happened with cable. Cable used to be you only had one cable service. Now, of course, with streaming, you have many choices in in, uh, in that uh, sector yes. because you're, you're not tied to the uh, cable company in your area. So with utilities, it gets a bit more tricky with power lines and uh, water lines and things like that. But it can be done. We can, de- we can deregulate uh, the, the economy very easily. He is Dr. Murray Sabrin. He is my friend. He is an Emirates professor of finance and the author of From Immigrant to Public Intellectual. Thank you so much for everything. I really appreciate it, Doc. Thanks, Sean. It's good to be with you, and hopefully we'll do it again soon. Absolutely. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. Jerry, hang on, Jerry. Hang on, Jerry. Got an update for you. Rapist, thief, drug addict, scourge, celebrating his three years of sobriety. George Floyd, there's an update on the case. We begin with breaking news on the fate of a former Minneapolis police officer who was charged in the murder of George Floyd. A judge has found Tutau guilty of aiding and abetting manslaughter. So this was the last case still to be decided against the police. You don't know who Officer Tau was, Squirrel? Officer Ta was one of the officers that was called when George Floyd, drug addict scoundrel, was passing counterfeit money. Uh, when he wasn't stealing or raping people, he was uh, passing counterfeit money. And this is when he uh, died while the officer was kneeling on him. This officer, however, was walking around. So listen to what he's charged with. Officers involved. Instead of going to trial, Tao had asked the judge to decide whether he was guilty based on the evidence in the case. Now you're in a Democrat sewer area of Minneapolis. Democrat judges, the same kind in Cook County, who sit on the Table of Wisdom LLC with the wannabe gangster Ed Burke. And uh, I think this was a big mistake by Officer Tao. And so does everybody who cares about him. Hennepin County Judge Peter Cahill announced that guilty verdict this morning. Tao's sentencing is now set for August 7th. He was already sentenced to three and a half years in federal court for violating George Floyd's civil rights. Now, in a statement just released, Minnesota's Attorney General Keith Ellison, who had been the lead prosecutor of George Floyd's murder, said that the conviction of Tu Tao is historic and the right outcome. Ellison says it brings one more measure of accountability in the tragic death of George Floyd. So the Marxist mafia rode this useful idiot, George Floyd, this low-life scoundrel, scumbag, drug addict, rapist. They rode him like a surfboard into the utopia that is now sweeping the country in all of the major Democrat, formerly great cities, now ghettos. And they celebrated. And then they released thousands, tens of thousands, Maybe hundreds of thousands of prisoners, you know, because of racism and whatnot. And here's one, a Chicago local. You'll remember him as Mustafa. He's more known in the criminal system as Stephen Hawthorne. Today's discussion is extremely important. I feel for us as a society and as a larger global world. 
Right now we're in the midst. This is a uh, Marxist, the female Marxist who goes by pronouns and all the rest of it. She's a legit girl, although I didn't flip her upside down the way you have to nowadays. However, she convinced me. And she's going to ride the Marxist wave of sentencing criminals is very, very racist. Of a a um, reality, a, a wake-up call that the country has woken up to of the manifestation of injustice in various forms, of injustice. whether it be shirt. mass incarceration, police brutality, um, unjust laws that set people back. And a lot of the times, these are headlines for people. And we read these headlines and we move on. And then sometimes we feel we can assist in the situation and sometimes we feel it's not our place or our role. But what we can do is see the person that faces this injustice and actually get to know the humanity behind the injustice and see how injustice manifests in people's lives. We can do that. We can have those conversations beyond headlines. The name of this podcast is A Way Forward with Maria, with two A's, I don't know, M-A-A-R-I-A, Musarfar, whatever. And I wanted to have this conversation with Stephen Hawthorne, who is now known as Mustafa, okay. who was wrongly convicted oh. at the age of 16 for life sentence without parole and served 37 years. That sounds like a sad story. It sounds like a big check with commas. It sounds like all kinds of new stuff, doesn't it, Squirrel? Tragedy, right? He's obviously wrongfully correct, convicted, correct? And thank you so much for joining me, Mustafa. Hi, Mustafa. Hi. All right. So let's have this question first. Sure. A lot of people saw the video of George Floyd. Uh huh. What was your reaction when you saw it? I was, again, I was numb, but I was angry uh-huh. at my core. I was angry about it. Okay. But unfortunately and sadly to say, my experiences have made me numb to some of the most horrid events that goes on in our community and around the world. Now, we're lucky that Mustafa wasn't uh, nominated for Congress or the Senate, but Mustafa proved, uh, proved a lot of people right. Unfortunately, not the ones who pretend to be preaching this Marxist utopia. Family and friends of Tamara Washington were left shattered as they returned tonight to where she and her boyfriend were killed. Police arrested her ex-boyfriend, a convicted murderer who was out on bond in another case at the time of the killings. I'm devastated. My heart is broken. Under the tears and heartache is anger. He will not get away with murder again for the second time. As Tamara Washington's loved ones gather outside of her South Chicago home on Luella near 83rd, family members returning to the scene where Washington and her boyfriend were murdered just days ago. She was a resilient young lady, full of life, happy, loved to sing, oh my God. Her voice now forever silenced. Prosecutors say early Sunday morning, Stephen Hawthorne entered Washington's home. Wait, what was the name? What was it? They didn't say Mustafa. I thought he was known as Mustafa, because it's the same scumbag. With the key and went upstairs and shot and killed her boyfriend, Norman Redden, while he was in bed. Norman? Court documents say other relatives, including Washington's two young daughters, hid in the house while Hawthorne chased Washington down outside, allegedly beating her to death with a large rock. He was soon arrested after a short chase. Who 
who's racist in the story? Is it The Rock or the two other black people he murdered? Well, he should have been locked up because the judge had it right the first time, 37 years ago, when he took this scourge off the streets of Chicago. But now he's back. He's Mustafa. And he's going to set the record right, huh? Or is he just another one of the 49 scoundrels that Kim Fox and the Democrat mafia released on the people of Chicago? Uh, I I think it's B. It's it's, uh, the point that it doesn't surprise me how man can show his inhumanity towards other other men. Are you, hey, hey, Mustafa, hey, murdering scum lowlife, are you lecturing me? Are you lecturing me? Because I didn't beat anybody, especially a woman, a beautiful young woman with a rock or shoot some guy who was stooping her for no other reason. Huh, Mustafa? Now lecture me about who's racist. You killed black people, didn't you, Mustafa? Human being. So let's let's be specific, because I think you were very specific. I'll be specific. You released this chaos on humanity. You, you Marxist mafia, if it wasn't bad enough, every scam you have is nothing more than a cover-up of corruption and a failed economic policy. Everything you have is about the righteous indignation of morons and crooks. That's the reality. And these two people will never breathe again. They'll never open their eyes. They'll never love their kids. They'll never impact humanity. They were taken away by a scourge. I got a little piece, just a little bit. At the time of the murder, Hawthorne was out on bond and pending unlawful use of a weapon by a felon case that stemmed from a traffic stop in January. Back in 1983, Hawthorne was convicted of murder when he was a teenager. State prison officials say he was released in 2017. The system is corrupt. The system is racist. No, it's just led and controlled by corrupt racists who don't give a rip about the decent people in this society. They're called Democrats. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The only good thing about George Floyd isn't that he's sober for three years. He's been in more porno movies than any of the Irish Democrats. Turns out we need rock control, Squirrel. Work on that. Rock control. Jerry on the south side. First time Hello. caller. Yeah, Sean, long time listener. When you used to call in the prophet. Yeah, yeah. and spice that show up a little bit. Yeah. Glazing over. Got yeah, it. I did that. Go ahead. Yeah. So I went to the doctor yesterday and I got bad news. Oh, no. And, uh,. Probably not going to be able to vote in the next presidential. Why? What happened? So uh, I got some some lung disease that you know it's getting bad. No, oh, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that, Jared. But you, how old are you? I'm sixty five. Sixty five. You li- live like a man your whole life. Good. I, and that's why I'm calling him because um, I'm a graduate of Mount Carmel High School on the South Side. I want to put a plug in. All right. And I was taught what to do in life, whether you're a doctor, lawyer, carpenter, electrician. And so I took that raise from my four kids, and I taught them, be responsible in life. Pay your bills. 
this and that. My one son, you might have known him, he was uh, down at the Board of Trade. He worked in the grain pit, open cry. Yeah, sure. His call was TQB, and he passed away from what we found out was combination of fentanyl and cocaine back in 2006 when nobody knew what fentanyl was. But anyways, this mortgage deal that this goof president we have is a slap in the face to all people that try to raise their kids responsible. And that's why I'm calling in to let people know we got to get rid of this goof. Jerry, I, I, I want to I tell you how honored I am you called me. I mean it. I'm completely honored. And uh, I want you to hang on the line. Um, I want to get your contact information, and I want sure. to meet you. All right? When sure. I come back into town, I'm going to drive down, and I'm going to meet you. Hey, we can have a combo sandwich. Hey, I'll bring Two it. peppers and onions, all right? I'll bring it to you, all right? I'm going to bring you my – Johnny's is right by the house. I'm bringing it to you, Jerry. You oh, yeah, I know where Johnny's is, yeah. You hang yeah. on the line. I can't wait to shake your hand, all right? Thank you, Sean. Thank you, brother. Thank you. There's a man. It's different from what's around today. Joe in Bourbon A. Hey, Sean. How you doing? Good. Quick question, Sean. We've spoken before. Uh, one of the things I always want to know, and, and you gave me a response once before, and I've, I've talked to several of us, why do we never boycott these scumbag Democrat or, uh, businesses, Starbucks or whoever it is, like they've done to Bud Light now and hurt them financially. Why? Why does so? I I I do this, but I'm I. You know what? You gave me a good a good thing about Starbucks. Now listen, I'm not touting Starbucks. What I am touting is the guys I know who fell on their ass, ex millionaires, went to work there because they had a good program before they got unionized, and some stores still aren't. But how they gave insurance and they helped my friends. So that's why. I go there, and I and I like the coffee. Aside from that, but this being said, I do boycott. I do boycott specifically with my money. There's an entire organization that's set up to do that. You have you hear me have them on Chuck Barham uh, and Freedom Square. They're, they want to start this organization, and I I have a, a a small business that's you know just a hobby business, but I don't let Democrats in. So this is a two way street, and you can practice this with your own life. And do you want to know something, Joe? It's it's. Part of the reason of why I, I stay out of Illinois as much as I can. Because to me, when you buy gas, do you know the scam and just gas tax that keeps that sewer of corruption? Not to mention the gas on the utilities. They're going to throw these four lambs at you and say, comrade, we got them. There won't be a Democrat scourge or a lobbyist that goes away. So the thing is, you can do it. You can do it individually, Joe. But this thing of a, of a movement where you need, you just need you and the decisions you make. And my money, no, I understand. I'm in the middle right now. I, I want to get money out of a real estate. I want to buy real estate. I call Hockberg. I know the guy. I love him. That's how I control it. And, and, and we can all do this. And that's what we are doing. You know, Joe, I think you're underestimating that we are already doing it. And it's funny. I'm down I just in wish it would be a bigger. I wish it would be a bigger movement like Bud Light was against some of these companies Coca-Cola and Disney, ESPN slash whatever it is. Yeah. But we don't call for it as a group. And you could be one voice. 
But if we put all of your voices together that reach so many, it could be much more You know powerful. what's funny, That's Joe? I, I view this show as a boycott. A boycott of the propaganda, a boycott of the support of corruption and the duopoly. I think we boycott for three hours. I do. I believe it. And, which, is, and, which is why I listen to you, and God bless you, Sean. I love you right back. Thank you very much. And here's the big deal about Starbucks. It's a very interesting, uh, very interesting committee meeting with the head of Starbucks, whose name escapes me, but I'll get it for you. And what he had to say to a Republican. Do the non-union store employees get paid? By the way, I know it's Mitt Romney, but he's, he's a, I guess he's the perfect Republican. Do the non-union store employees get paid less than the union store employees? The starting wage has been the same. The only difference is the benefits that we created in May. And my understanding under the law is that we were not allowed to provide those benefits to people who are organizing to join a union. And so, in fact, the non-union stores are actually a little better uh, total package than than the union stores. Uh, There's seven stores in the state of Vermont that Starbucks has. Of the seven, one of them voted to join a union. 21 Starbucks people, partners, work in that store. Since six people voted to to the union, of the seven stores in Vermont, this particular store has twice the level of attrition, and the majority of the people have left the store. In In the stores that have voted for union, about 300 are twice the level of attrition that we currently have in the 99% of stores that have not voted for union. That's Baldwin telling you how the unions can kill even Starbucks. This is the other thing to be aware of, to reject the mafia on its face. Have the confidence to do so. And remember, what we're going through is everything we predicted when the Democrats and the never-Trumpers assured us this would be normal instead of American Dark Ages. I'll be back. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now... With personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like on top of me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. My next guest is an economist and writer. Joined the American Institute for Economic Research in 2011. I have felt for years, why would you believe a government we know is lies to us about very important things like economic data? There's a reason they never talk about the revisions that always seem to happen a week, a day, or a month later. Peter Earle, let's go over some of the GDP numbers to find out, do we have a gross domestic product or just Keynesian money showing back as taxation? What do you think, Peter? <laughs> Hiya, Sean. So uh, we have one, but barely. Yeah, the number came in at about 1.1 percent. Uh, if you recall, if you recall, the previous quarter was 2.6 percent, which was reduced back from 2.9 percent. And really, I mean, there, there, there's one thing that really stood out in the first quarter 2023 GDP number, and that is inventories. And that is that inventories were the biggest I can ever remember seeing. Unsold inventories totaled 138 billion dollars. In the first quarter of 2023, that's an astounding number that I think points to a recession not too far in our future. Peter, for for two years, two years, I've heard a soiree of bald faced lies and lipstick on pigs. Have we lost the 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 courage to have the news that we really need in order to correct things? 
Well, I mean, certainly the American uh, citizen has not, but our political class has. I mean, think of this right now. You know, in the middle of last year, we had two consecutive quarters of negative growth in GDP. And we're still waiting for the National Bureau of Economic Research to call it what it was, which is a recession. We had a mini recession last year, and we're heading into one now. And yet there, you know, there's, there's, there's absolutely no, uh, I guess we should, we, it's not really surprising, but there's really no courage on the part of our uh, political uh, figures in Washington to uh, try to right the ship. I think they're happy to see things happening as they are. How do we, how did we get into a position where executive orders and bureaucrats can change demand and the velocity of money in our economy. And I'm, I'm reading right now, Ford posts a $1.6 billion first quarter profit, 90% on gas-powered vehicles, yet we're going full speed ahead. I have to conclude that the, the, the goal of the government is to bankrupt the nation at this point. Have you come to a different conclusion? So I've come to the, the basically the same conclusion, but 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 by different means. I mean, I think their goal is to do the favors that they want to for their uh, constituents and uh, let the let, let the uh, direction of the economy and the prosperity of the people be damned. I think that's what it is. I, I think they'd rather not bankrupt it, but they're happy to do so. But to do so in ways that deals out favors for their favorite interest groups that gets them, you know, the things that they want and all that sort of thing. So I mean, we're basically saying the same thing, but in different ways. Yes, but there's also something that I, I've never really experienced as an American who I, I love the, the idea of capitalism. I love the idea that you can use this information to speculate and position yourself to profit from even failure. But in this particular arena, we're seeing something I've never seen before. I think the market isn't reacting to news. Now, is it an uncoupling? Because there are so many dollars, U.S. currency printed, that the stock in these companies is now showing like foreign currency and rallying as the dollar devalues. Or is it that they're just on the funny money of subsidies and government cheese and they're going to be on that in perpetuity? Yeah, so I think think a lot of what we're seeing in the market uh, in the financial markets, especially in, in stocks, it's just that, I mean, really what drives the market these days are expectations of what the Fed is going to do. So, I mean, you know, you will see that, I can't remember the statistic, but I can give you the basic uh, the basic overview. Um, a huge portion of what happens in any given month in the equities markets happens in the day before and the day after a Fed announcement in, in, in months when we have the FOMC meetings. So, I mean, that's driving a huge portion of, uh, of, of what's happening both in the markets and then the economy. So, you know, you and I remember a day when earnings of different companies were watched and yes. we had the triple witch and we watched the ends of quarters and we watched, you know, there would roll be rollover. Those- remember rollover? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Millions were made in rollover. More and more. More and more, everything comes down to what the Fed's going to do. It's absolutely economically perverse. So as you witness this, what is the, what is the action needed to get us back to private economy versus this government collectivist, centralized bastardization of an economy? You know, at least of an American economy. Now, I understand this is normal for European countries, but that's why they suck. <laughs> We're giving away what made us great. 
Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I have to laugh because I can only agree what you're saying is things I've been saying all day long. But, but, but what I would say is this: is first of all, there is a uh, a blast of reality coming because there's only so long you can inflate the money. There's only so long you can push markets up, uh, you know, and, and keep the economy running on vapors. One of the things that we see happening right now is a really strong pushback against ESG. And I believe that's sort of a model for what's going to happen elsewhere in time. What I mean is this, ESG was great and the companies loved it. They loved uh, uh, impressing politicians when interest rates were at 0.5% and when, you know, you had all the stimulus money out there. But now that something like a third of all the companies in the Russell 2000 are not profitable, all of a sudden, companies have to decide, are we going to spend money on this feel-good project or are we going to, you know, take on new projects, uh, new capital expenditures, which are going to make us more profitable, make us more efficient. That's happening now. It's almost like a force of gravity that at some point it's going to come, you know, it's, it's going to kick in. I think it's happening there. And I also think that there is a certain point where the average Americans are going to realize that they can't even save money anymore at a rate that, let, that will let them either retire no. or buy the things they want. I think that's coming. And it's that quicksand of feudalism that it has to, we either have to wake up before then or forever go the way of European countries. Now, Peter Earle, I have read you in the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, Reuters, Reuters, whatever, CNBC and the rest of it. Why aren't smart capitalists demanding an alternative? Why aren't they getting behind different currency options? I've never seen a time where we're so lockstep with a failed recipe and the Federal Reserve. Do you think there might be a movement of, of smart people to say enough is enough, or have they included enough oligarchs, enough hedge fund guys, to ride the wave to destruction? That is a very, very good and a very complicated, uh, it's a very good question, a very complicated answer uh, uh, that I could provide. But basically, so yes, I do think that there has been sort of an unholy partnership, which is hard to break between some of the most wealthy and most powerful people who were formerly very pro-markets, and now they're sort of pro this sort of corporatist mix where they're involved with the government and all that sort of thing. But also, I do think, I do think that, as I said with the ESG thing, I do think there's some pushback coming. And and there will be a point where, you know, where, where, where people are forced to, to sort of to sort of live at a subsistence level and viscerally remember not what things were like for their parents and grandparents or childhood, but just a few years before. As that treadmill yeah. starts going faster and faster, I think people will wake up. Now, the sad thing is that a lot of quality of life, a lot of longevity, real Real measures of, of, of our prosperity will be lost in the time it takes between when people realize that and when they, or between when it starts and when people realize it and try to turn it around. Aside from Janet Yellen making Mrs. Doubtfire look like Cindy Crawford, was it ever intended for this bureaucrat to circumvent the debt ceiling and run in a rogue fashion to arbitrarily say, all right, I'm going to stop breaking the law on June 1st and we have an emergency? Yeah, this is all brinksmanship. I mean, there, there's a lot of partisan things going on. I mean, I have to say, like, I, I am really surprised. I, I shouldn't be, but I, I mean, I guess, I guess you, you live long enough, you see everything once. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm really surprised that with let's 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 edit up real quickly with with high and pretty stubborn inflation with slowing growth, with, with, with unemployment rising. And you don't see in the federal numbers, but I did a study today, and I, you can see it in the state numbers, unemployment is rising very quickly. With yes. all of those things, with a mini-bank crisis upon us, that they would take this time to actually dither 
about the national debt. Now, I think our debt is way too high, and I can get on that bandwagon if you want. But the fact is right now, I mean, we need to arrest the growth of that debt, and we need to bring our spending in. And it's not even a question of negotiating. The other side, the, the, the administration is saying we will not even negotiate. We're either going to pass basically a clean deal with no stipulations or no you know strings tied to, to, to spending, or we're going to basically blow up you know, basically the dollar-based world. It's incredible. I mean, J.P. Morgan, I was watching this. Now, Jamie Dimon has a Chicago connection. I think he raised his kids in Chicago. I, I know a couple guys that work with him. Um, this is before it came out. He was on the calendar of Epstein. However, the idea that J.P. Morgan yeah. controls 10% of banking around the world, I had no idea of the involvement with the IMF Bank. When you see them supposedly win an auction, and acquire the bank assets for $10 billion, $13 billion covered by the FDIC, and they're, they're, they've got the calculator going. Hasn't this fallen directly in the place of kind of the technocrats and the oligarch banking system? Why was J.P. Morgan, and Sunday's the new Monday, this all happened Sunday night. Why isn't anyone questioning the fact that J.P. Morgan got this sweetheart deal? Yeah, I mean it's very simple. We've we've got the party that uh, that uh, never saw a big company that they that they didn't hate suddenly decide that bigness is good when it <laughs> preserves reelection chances. That's all that is. It's a very it's a very selective outrage. And the banks that are now in the news, um, mm -hmm. Pack West and the rest of it, what's going to stop them from going under? I mean, they keep saying, "Oh, it's wobbly." I don't see a change of trajectory. What would be the change of trajectory? that would stop this? Or, in your opinion, did they know this was going to happen? This was the guarantee of bankrupting more than 50% of the country, and it's the only way they can distract from the failed policies. Well, I think, uh, I, I mean, what I'll say is this, and, and that is that, um, you know, we are now paying the price for a Federal Reserve that never said no to a mandate, even when they should have. You know, we've even in my lifetime, we've piled on them all these different things. You know, we, it's supposed to be about stable prices. And then, of course, all these other things have been added in. Employment, long-term interest rates, financial stability, more recently, ESG, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, all these other things. And so now we have a Fed that if they raise rates, they probably will bring inflation down a bit more, but they may wreck the banking system. If they lower rates, they may rescue the banks, but we may have higher prices for years or more. So, I mean, you know, this is really, this is really sort of a mission creep, you know, writ large. And, um, you know, that's, I, I, it's hard. I would never want the job the Fed has right now, I'll tell you that. No, it's, they, backed, they painted themselves in a corner. I don't think they... They sure did. I don't think they know how to get out, but more importantly, I don't think they care if they get out. But this is the question I've... I've had for, for somebody like you for a while. If you were advising one of the Euro countries, I'll never forget when the Euro was created, a very smart guy I knew on the floor of the Mercantile Exchange said this is the beginning mm -hmm. of the end. If you were uh, kind of consulting European countries, would you advise them to stick with the U.S. dollar as the currency of the world, or would you advise them to break away? I would advise them to break away. I think we've lost the integrity, we've lost the credibility, and we don't have full faith. I'm wondering what you would advise a foreign nation. I, I would tell them that they, they should probably break away. Um, if they could somehow claw themselves back to a standard which is even vaguely reminiscent of a commodity standard, like a gold or a silver standard, or who knows, a nickel standard, copper standard, who cares? Some sort 
of natural grounding for a currency where the currency is based on weight or fineness of a certain metal, they could easily become an economic superpower. It's right there for the taking for any nation that wants to sort of, uh, you know, sort of like stand up and say, hey, you know, we understand, you know, we're adults, we understand that, you know, you can't, uh, uh, that a limitless currency is just not consistent with a world of finite time and resources. And uh, it's there for the taking. Any nation wants to do that, uh, you know, my, my, my email is on the AR website. Let me know. I want to do the Bufferino. We put a, we put JB Pritzker on one side for the Buffalo, and then we put a stripper on the other side, and we tie it. We use we use energy companies who have contracts for precious metals, minerals all throughout the world have have it in all different countries, and they can attach a currency along with our consultation to to um, energy products because they're diversified in this new green energy scam. They've got it hook, line, and sinker. I've wondered why companies don't start to issue currency, aside from stock, because people don't get that. And I think you could do something, especially if you have these these infinite in-use materials like oil, natural gas, and these other precious minerals. You could do it. A private company could offer a currency that could save, ironically, by destroying the dollar as we know it, but save the country. Is it possible? I think it's I mean, just just the very fact that in the last ten years, and this is a little bit of a different different topic, but but the basic subject matter is is the same. Just the fact that we in the last you know fifteen years had this thing called Bitcoin come up, just out of pure yeah. innovation, that's now a massive currency. I don't see why what you're describing, some version of that, isn't possible. Absolutely, eminently possible. Come on, Peter Earl. I always wanted to be a cyber currency billionaire. Help me. In the meantime, I'm going to always look for you. I so appreciate. Everything you're doing at the American Institute for Economic Research. But more importantly, I love your appearances and your articles that can be found in the Wall Street Journal, Bloomberg, Reuters, CNBC, just to name a few. Peter Earl, thank you so much for making yourself available. I look forward to our next conversation. Thanks for having me, Sean. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. You laugh, squirrel. One day you'll be working for Bofarino. Because the dollar ain't going to be worth God's on ghoul. It'll be Charmin. As the Democrats, the clueless, moron Democrats, just want to keep spending. Gentlemen's recognized. Thank you, ranking member. I stand here. This is uh, Congressman Espalante. What does he know about the economy? Absolutely nothing. Here in opposition on the Default on American Act. All right. House Republicans' debt default bill before us here today holds the economy hostage in exchange for slashing investment in American families. Investment in American families. Which families are we going to invest in? For instance, I was listening to this story in Norwich. Are we going to invest in the family that got beat or the beater family? Police in northwest suburban Norwich investigating a brutal attack that left a 78-year-old man critically injured. It happened Friday in the backyard of his home on Chester Avenue near Lawrence. The victim's family shared this surveillance video, which police are using as evidence. It shows three people wearing masks approach that back door, then they take off. And moments later, the man walks outside and tries to run after them. About a minute after that, you can see the victim walk back from behind the garage. We've blurred his face because of the extent of his injuries 78 years old beat to a pulp by three 
low-life roaches. So, Espalate, which family gets the investment? Why don't you tell me, fascist? To the tune of $4.5 trillion in cuts. This has happened. The debt, the debt ceiling extension has happened 78 times, Mr. Speaker, 49 times under Republican administrations. So this, this is, is not new. This is an... This is a congressman. He's slightly smarter than the guy who thought Guam was going to flip over. Who elects these morons? Oh, yeah, moron. Democrats, yeah, all right. Rich, Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean, how are you tonight? Good. You know, uh, Biden keeps uh, talking about this uh, debt ceiling along with the Democrats, but yet he delays it for a week. Why isn't he out there talking with them tomorrow or the next day? He keeps delaying, delaying. I'll tell you, Rich, it's even worse than that. It's 80 days. 80. I know, but when, but when they meet, they'll probably say, oh, we're making progress, and delay it again until it's a crisis, until the people in the country start, uh, uh, they start putting fear into them, and, uh, and nothing's going to be done anyway. Oh, and then they're careful with that fear talk, Rich. You're going to end up in the cooler. Three years, not even charged. You know, I believe they refer to it as January 6th. Here's the thing. Um, there's a few facts here. First of all, the president has been very clear on his economic priorities. He came out with a complete budget uh, back in March. Uh, speaker McCarthy said that was the first thing that he would do when he became speaker, and it took him quite a while to come up with this vision that, that is embodied in the legislation that you just referred to that the House passed. Because in the founding of the government, nothing's supposed to be happening fast. See, fast is what you've done to the country. In merely two and a half years... Since this imbecile was sworn in and stole the office, you've totally changed the trajectory and changed the course of events from foreign policy to bankrupting the nation. That's what happens when Democrats do things fast. Got any more ideas, Dimwit? 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM 560, The Answer. AM 560, The Answer. No, squirrel. It's low-hanging fruit. Lori Lightfoot in her rehabilitation career. What do you mean I'm making fun of her? Oh, low-hanging fruit? Huh? That would have been a good nickname. Too late now. She don't need a nickname. She's just a hypocrite. Another Democrat scourge mafia member. Kind of like Congressman Adriano Espelot. Of course, that's not really his name. See, the congressman's got like five names, if I count the D. His name is Adriano de Jesus Espelot Rodriguez. And it says on his bio, he's a Dominican-American. This is very complex. Why don't we just say American? See, because he likes to throw the Dominican there. He wants to invest in families. Gentleman's recognized. Thank you, ranking member. I stand here in opposition on the Default on American Act. House Republicans' debt default bill before us here today holds the economy hostage in exchange for slashing investment in American families. To the tune of $4.5 trillion in cuts. This has happened. The debt, the debt ceiling extension has happened 78 times, Mr. Speaker. 49 times under Republican administrations. So this is not... How many times did it happen in the Dominican Republic? That's a third world hellhole. See what uh, Congressman Adriano de Jesus Espelat Rodriguez refers to as investment... Qualifies illegal aliens in sanctuary cities. Oh, it's true. That's the part. That's the sanctuary part. 
So when you hear Lori Lightfoot. It's outgoing Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot uh, demanding Texas stops busing migrants to her city, saying, quote, nearly all the migrants have been in dire need of food, water and clothing, and many needed extensive medical care. Not- uh, you've advertised that you're going to get that in a sanctuary city. So stop moaning about it, will you please? Chicago, New York, New Jersey, every other Democrat sewer. Chicago's on the brink of a humanitarian crisis tonight, according to city leaders, concerned about the hundreds of... Humanitarian crisis. Now, when the Mexican guy in Texas shot the five El Salvadorians, all illegal. And yes, he had an Indian tattoo on his forearm. That's been released now. Don't tell Interior Secretary Holland. She'll be all offended. Um, What part of the investment... What part of the costs, what part of the control laws, where does all that fall? Migrants arriving here each day from the Texas border. Leaders say the city can no longer foot the bill and are calling on the federal government now for immediate help. See, the federal government, represented by Alejandro Espalat, Rodriguez, whatever, they, uh, they don't have a, they're going to spend this into oblivion for not just welfare people in America, but for foreigners, and they've advertised that. I mean, what do you think the surge is all about? They're leaving philosophies that are shared by the American Democrat Party. They're coming here because we give far more money for just existing. And that's the investment that the Congress is going to make a decision. And that decision is quite simple. Are you going to incentivize the invasion, or are you going to disincentivize by not giving welfare money to illegal aliens, and make some standards here in America for welfare recipients. I say we do that. The border is secure, as the administration has said. Then why would we need to send 1,500 active-duty U.S. troops down there? Because we need more work. We need more work needs to be done, Peter. We put forth a a comprehensive immigration uh, uh, legislation, and Congress, Republicans in Congress, refuse to act. And so the president has used the tools that he has in front of him uh, to, uh, to prepare ahead of uh, Title 42 lifting. As you know, that is happening uh, in, in the next couple of days. And so... I, 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 but wait a minute. Earlier in the speech, you said immigration was down. I heard you with my own ears. I understand you didn't get the job because you're smart or you're truthful. You're just a unusual liar. He has tools that he's used to, to make sure that we do this. We actually deal with the immigration system in a humane way, uh, and in a, in a way that is uh, uh, that actually deals with what we're seeing at the border. And that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has it has um, it has a uh, now the parolee program is that the one that led to the murder of the, the two beautiful people in Chicago? Is that the one? Which one is it? Or the one that led to the Mexican national killing the five El Salvadors? Which is it? Uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90 percent. And that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. But- illegal immigration has come down by 90 percent. I love the way you lie, Sideshow Bob. You do it with such ease and a straight face, from what I can tell. Jerry Sugar Grove. Hey, Sean, enjoy your program. You get all the way out here to Sugar Grove, like listening to you. Thank you, Jim. You know, so one of, the, one of the problems with us Republicans is, you know, we tune in, we purge, we complain about it. If it was Black Friday, we'd be standing in line to get that $200 flat screen TV out the door. But we don't line up and go to our congressman's office right down the street and knock on the door, but I have. I've gone to tell Lauren what I think and knock on the door and say, this is whack. you got to change this. My neighbors, my next-door neighbors, my cousins, my, my, my senior citizens, 
I'm going to bring them down here in a bus. We're going to line up and we're going to stay on your doorstep till till we see some changes. That's but what it will take. That. We purge, we talk, but we don't knock on their door, which is our right. Go to their office and say, "Hey, I'd like to talk to you." I met her on an airplane going to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I've been her ear the whole time. Oh, that had to be the worst flight of her life. People, three or four people sitting in the seat with me went, "Yeah, you're a congresswoman, or what?" Good for it you, was, Jeff. It was uh, it was a love fest. That's and you know, what we need to do. We actually heart- need to take action instead of just purging and getting angry and talking about it to our neighbors. There's nothing wrong with knocking on the door and say, uh, "Miss Congressman, I'd like to talk to you. I live in your district." These I are love the things that gravely concern us. Why That's what people that? need to do. That well, well, you're doing it, and I tried to do it. I used to call the office and they would laugh at me. And that's when I realized I have to make an uncomfortable decision. And, Jerry, this is what I try to communicate. When I have people call me and I can't move because of the grandkids, it pains me because not everybody has the wherewithal to do what you did. But when you go and talk to the mafia Democrats, this is what you don't understand because you live in a, in a semi-decent area. When you go to talk to the Chicago mafia Democrats, they laugh at you because they know they got you. But, Jerry, Americans, Illinoisans, and the rest of us need to realize You have the right to do exactly that, number one, and you also have the right to make sure your kids don't have to be laughed at by the Chicago Democrat Mafia. Because no matter how obvious the failure, they have the audacity to lie, being the perpetrators of corruption and failure. None of these urgent needs were addressed in Texas, she says. Instead, these individuals and families were packed onto buses, shipped across the country like freight, without regard to their personal circumstances. New York Mayor Eric... Mayor Lori Lightfoot with a lot to say about crime, punishment, and accountability for the perpetrators, but also for parents and police with summer and warmer weather not far off. And Don't worry, Squirrel. I'm not going to let this loser, this corrupt failure, this fraud, talk down to you. She's low-hanging fruit. 312-642-5600. He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. I love, love Hollywood 360. I keep waiting for Philip Marlowe. Did you ever listen to a Philip Marlowe, Squirrel? Ah, you don't know what the The best, Philip Marlowe, Johnny Dollar. How about Johnny Dollar? Boston Blackie. No? See, I can't compete. I'd win all those. Jobs for blue-collar workers in this nation are valuable resources. Not according to Holland. It's difficult to describe, Jim, with words. So I want to walk so you can walk with me and just see the magnitude of the number of individuals who are around this church here, just just streets from downtown El Paso. A lot of these individuals you'll see are males, adult males. A lot of the women with children are actually in shelters, in a network of shelters throughout El Paso. As you mentioned, millions and millions and millions. They've never seen these kind of numbers. She deals with what we're seeing at the border, and that's why you've seen the parolee program be so successful. Uh, it has, it has, um, it has uh, uh, when it comes to illegal migration, you've seen it come down uh, by more than 90%, and that's because of this act, the actions that this president has taken. It's not a lie if you say it with a silly hairdo. Right, Dimwit? Affirmative action, moron. Kevin, Austin, Texas. 
Sean from Naples, I appreciate uh, the, what you talk about on your show. I think it's fantastic, especially the last caller talking about people getting involved. All the immigration stuff, tell it, what it's doing is suppressing labor wages on everybody. If you drive a, a, a Conaline truck, you're a painter, you're a, uh, I don't know what, a plumber, electrician, your wages are going down because of that. And a way to get involved is become a precinct chair in a GOP in DuPage County to make sure you get some Republicans in there. You could probably flip four, maybe five congressional seats in Illinois. I was watching Janet Yellen talk. Do you think she worked her way through college as a pipe fitter? No, not Kamala Harris. <laughs> Sicko. Robert Oak Park. Yes, sir. Sean, good to hear you. You too. Talking uh, what you, you had to say earlier, you know, forget knocking on the doors of the politician. Let's knock on the neighbor's doors politely, respectfully. Let's ask them what's going on. Let's, let's bring it out to the community, Sean. Bring it out. Well, Robert, you're in Oak Park. Be careful. I don't want to see you end up tied to a tree with your underwear in your mouth, and anything can happen there. Like Norwich. New here at 10, a 78-year-old man brutally attacked in his family's backyard. Tonight, his family is speaking out and sharing the video of the moment it all went down in broad daylight. CBS 2's Chris Ty is live in Norwich with what police are saying about this attack. Chris. Joe and Erica, police say they have a person of interest. The family involved in this case say they think they know who was behind it. The person brazen enough to come up to the family home, slide open the back glass sliding door, and then attack that elderly man who just came outside to see what was going on. At 20 minutes to 2, three masked men entered Vanya Corey's backyard last Friday. By the way, if you haven't seen the video, you can get it on YouTube. WGN News, ABC News. When you see what they did to this man, who at 78 years old was no threat to anybody, you realize who perpetrated this crime. Was it the three public school D students who can't read? Or was it the politicians? Because what we'll never know, or at least it doesn't look like it, is are these parolees like Mustafa? Hello, who is this? My name is Richard Lee, and I'm running for city council, so I just wanted to introduce myself. Excuse me? My name is Richard Lee, and I'm running for city council, so I just want to say hello. Are you a Democrat? Yeah. Then leave. That's how you handle Democrats. There's a Chicagoan that makes me proud. Not one of these Democrat appeasers. Not one of these people who would believe the bald-faced lies every time they open their mouth. Real wages are higher than any any uh, uh, than they were just nine months ago. <clears throat> what about Epstein's Island? Not only is Jamie Dimon on the calendar, there seems to be somebody else in the Biden administration. Why are they always going to Pedophile Island? President Biden have any reaction to CIA Director William Burns meeting with Jeffrey Epstein in 2014? This obviously was after Epstein had served time for a sex crime and registered as a sex offender. I'm just not going to comment on that from here. Come on, Sideshow Bob. You were very talkative early. You were lying to us about the economy. You were lying to us about illegal immigration. You don't want to tell anything? Tell us a lie about the CIA Director who looks to be another pedophile island participant. I wonder, do they have the lines like at uh, Disney? Do you have to stand in lines to see the underage girl that you're about to molest? Out of Democrats. Thank you. Goodbye. Get off the stoop. I'll be back in 21 hours.
Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. <laughs>